Welcome to another edition of the podcast we call The Corner Store. I'm your host, Kevin Koval. In the building, as always, is Max Snacktor in a bright orange hoodie, uh, looking like a some sort of uh, something that would deter traffic um, in a positive way. You know, Max is always kind of directing the flow of the, of the show in some way, so it's appropriate. Uh, Mercedes Zapata is uh, flicking as we speak, and uh, DJ Cashier is set us up to succeed uh it is shitty outside in in the city of chicago um and i just returned from pittsburgh today and flew into what looked like was going to be a decent day and is um you know just that kind of shitty cold rain which i'd just rather it legit snow uh but the in-between is kind of what is perturbing uh but that's neither here nor there i'm I'm excited because we have a really brilliant fine artist uh as our guest today someone whose work i've admired now for a few since I started to see it on IG, uh, but I know that uh, she's showing all over the city and I think beyond, and I'm excited to talk with her because I have a theory about uh, some of the influences, but we have Kirsten Valentine in the building. Welcome to the Corner Store. Hi, thanks for having me. No, thank you for being here. Um, you know, Before we begin, Max always secures our guests some snacks, and so today is no different. We have for you uh, some Pepperidge Farm Chessmen minis they're sweet and simple cookies but they are delicious those are those are good cookies so please feel free to enjoy now or later if you wish also in addition max uh, got for you a buy i think i'm saying it right antioxidant infusion it's a eponema pomegranate i don't know what flavor that is it, not a lot of sugar in here though uh, all right sounds yeah. great thank all right. you yeah good and um no thanks thanks for coming i'm glad you're feeling a little better um than than you were you were you were under the weather about yeah. a week or so ago yeah. i was i was sick i got i uh most of the people i know had the flu and i thought i had escaped it and it just hit me like a ton of bricks so yeah that's rough now what do you what do you have uh cure-alls for for those those moments or i well i i believe that like the more medications you take you know the less your body builds up immunities to things so i try not to take anything i think the best thing to do is just get as much rest as possible um but if i have to be functional um sudafed um yeah yeah, because it wakes you up and and clears you up and um uh what's the Oh, there's a there's like a decongestant um, coughing one. I can't even remember what it's called, but yeah, generally I think you you suffer through it. Drink a lot of water, get a lot of rest, and yeah. that's the way to go. Yeah, because yeah. pe- usually people are just run down, right? Which is why folks get sick. I think yeah. like we just run around like idiots, kind of all of us. Yeah, and we interact with so much in the world that probably can you know is contagious and could fuck us up especially yeah. if we don't take care of our bodies and i was i had just been traveling and that never helps yeah with getting sick, where were so. you where were you i i was in france um i um uh visited some friends in Lyon um and uh traveled around that area a little bit and then went up to paris was there for about a week okay and were you when you were there are you are you working is this just to travel what's um well, it was a it was a trip with my husband and um, and a buddy. So um, the first half of the trip, um, I did a bunch of wine stuff. My day job is with wine, so went around and visited a bunch of wineries in the Rhone Valley, and then in Paris, um, met up with some artists, did some studio visits, and um, saw a bunch of really amazing shows. Um, so yeah, there was a, there was a. Um, a da Vinci retrospective um, that was that caught the the tail end of that was like the largest exhibition of his work 
ever in history. And it was just amazing at the Louvre, you oh. know, for the 500th anniversary of, uh, of his death. They, so, wow. Damn. Yeah. They were not, they were pulling out all stops. Yeah. It was, it was amazing. That's pretty spectacular. To see. Yeah. Now you're, we'll, we'll get into, into your, your art, your work, but your mm-hmm. day gig is with wine. Yeah. So I am, uh, I'm the uh, cellar master for uh, a couple of restaurants. Um, so basically, like, I waited tables for years and years. I got more passionate about wine, you know, um, be, took a bunch of uh, tests and certifications, became a certified sommelier. Um, and you pronounce it sommelier? Sommelier, okay. yeah. Right, or, I... or just psalm. Psalm, yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, Got a job as a wine director and um, found myself working 70-hour weeks and, you know, just like completely exhausted, no time for anything else. And so I took a job as a seller assistant that was originally two days a week and just kind of like expanded over time. So like, I mean, today I was in, you know, three different restaurants, just kind of like doing everything behind the scenes to make sure that like... Um, everything runs smoothly during service. So wow. making sure that like everything is stocked and organized and that the menus actually represent what we have in house. And yeah. Did you always have a pretty refined palate or did you, did, did it come to you one day where no, you're like, Oh shit. I, I, taste. I, some people are really natural tasters. I've really had to work at it. Um, and, and does that just mean you drank a lot or what, what is that? Like? No, I mean like there, there are specific ways that you can like, like study wine. Like one of the things is like one of the tricks that I did because like a lot of, um, what you're looking for in wine, you're looking for like kind of like fruit characters, um, and so what you can do is take actual fruit, little cups, with, and then pour like some, you know, cheap red or white wine in with them and kind of let it sit for a while, like an hour in the fridge and like the, the cherries or strawberries or whatever, like sit in there. And then you take the fruit out and then you smell it, like kind of infused into the wine. And you're like, oh, right. OK, so that's what green pepper smells like in a red wine. That's what, you know, that's what blackberry smells like in a red wine. Wow. So, so you did that to develop yeah, your palate. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that's that was amazing. one of that's one of the exercises that I've done. But there is, I mean, there is a lot of like tasting. But like when you're most of the time when you're like tasting through wines, like seriously to evaluate them and to educate yourself, you're actually spitting them out. Right. Yeah. So which is kind of gross. Oh, it's totally gross. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. completely gross. We we know we know how gross it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you like go to these like fancy tasting events and it'll be like this like beautiful ballroom and like every little <laughs> table there's like a little little metal bucket and just like everybody's spitting into it and it's just this like gross mix of like you know foamy spit and like wine. Yeah, um, I, w- I worked at a, a French bistro who had a sommelier, and, and so he, at the end of the night, would kind of sit me at the end of the bar and mm-hmm. educate me about the wine that they had in the restaurant, and he yeah. didn't make me spit it out. He w- I was able to just drink. I mean, it's, um, it's the preferred. end of the night. It was preferred. Yeah. Uh, but I love that image of you teaching yourself to build your palate that way. It, it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's a very, it must be a very old school way to do that. You know, it's like, I feel like it's like Rocky training with Mickey early on where he's like in, you know, he's like just DIY ways of yeah. kind of getting. The, and it's very kind of like, 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 um, you know, it's almost, oh, it's almost like a guilt where like when you, you know, when you start like studying wine, like they're, you know, kind of different institutions that, you know, that give certifications and exams and stuff. But like, it's really just like a network of people. So like I have had certain mentors and, you know, I've found myself acting in some ways as a mentor for other people. But like, it's really kind of like, you know, um, 
uh, like an education that's passed on from like one generation to the next, like people teaching each other, like, you know, the tricks and the sort of foundations and yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it's its own, yeah, it's its own craft. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's really yeah. beautiful. Um, not that I wanted to talk about this at all, but <laughs> I'm glad we are. Can, can you give any, can you just, would there be like very affordable bottles that folks could go to the store that you think are just decent to get for like the average, you know, uh, drunkard that might be listening to the show that might want to get something that is you know not too top shelf yeah, but you yeah. think is just delicious um some of my um some of my favorite wines that are like reasonably priced are sharer um they're made by this guy fred sharer in um, sonoma in california um he makes um absolutely gorgeous pinot noirs he makes his infidel that is fantastic like you think of these kind of like heavy like inky infidels like overly fruity his, his is absolutely beautiful um and he's kind of like a um kind of a mad scientist in, t- in his approach. He's, like, really, like, you know, intensely involved, like, you know, using uh, technology to, like, measure the sugar levels and everything before he picks. Um, and uh, he's really phenomenal. And uh, what else can be, like, reasonably priced that you can find? Um, That's a good one. What, how do you yeah. spell it? How do you- Share S-C-H-E-R-R-E-R. Great. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for that tip. Now, that's not why you're here at all. No. Uh, You you're a really you're an incredible visual artist. You're a beautiful painter. Um, I really I love your work. Max loves your work. I mean, this you know we're we're big fans. Uh, How how did you get started? Um, I mean, I just always drew. Um, I I was just always like, um, you know, really like. fascinated with with drawing and um uh when i you know when i was really young i was exposed to da vinci um and uh one of the things that he talked about in his notebooks was that it's better to you know work from like from life or from a bad sculpture than it is to work from like the greatest painting so i always tried to work from things that are you know like three-dimensional so like when i was in you know second grade i'd be like you're supposed to be like taking notes or like writing some paper in class and i'd just be like drawing my hand in different positions or like uh kids in my class would like sneak over and i'd like draw their their portraits and the teacher would get mad um and then when i was i took some uh outside courses um i grew up in columbus ohio and um the art college there um columbus college of art and design had um probably still have uh, saturday morning programs um and you could get like a scholarship for it and so i would go to those and it was one of my teachers there who started me using oil paints and i think i was 14 or 15 so so really young wow and most people don't really start using oil till college, so right, yeah, because so, it's a much more difficult material to yeah. be able to use. What, what did your What do your folks do? Um, well, I was I was mostly raised by my mom's parents. Um, my uh, they were uh, both nurses. Uh, my mother passed away a few years ago. Okay, so, I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Um, now, what did they think about your, uh, you know, kind of following? this path toward art or, or or did they not know or at what point did they know no i mean they you know they like they were encouraging as far as like you know going to like classes and stuff um you know they didn't really uh they 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 never pushed me to pursue any other type of career they were never like you need to be a doctor or a lawyer it was just like all right you want to do this 
do that. Okay. Well, that's really good yeah. to hear. Uh, so you're 14, 15. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in Columbus, Ohio. You're mm-hmm. going to, so did you, you followed this through high school? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, actually it, I did really badly in all of my high school art classes. Really? Yeah. 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 Why? Because like all of the, the assignments would be like about like branching out and like doing different things. Like, you know, this week we're going to do a photography project and this week we're going to do something with clay. And I was like, no, I just want to draw and paint. Right. I'm not interested in any of that stuff. And so like, you know, I just, I, I would, I would just end up trying to turn every project into what I wanted to do rather than like, you know, teachers like, no, we're exploring new things, you know, opening up new horizons and like, no, I'm not doing that. Just doing my thing. It's it's interesting because I think high school in its ideal sense is to kind of get kids excited about something, Mm -hmm. but it isn't for kids who are already excited about something. Yeah. You know, you found and at a young age, something that has been a passion uh, you know your your calling perhaps and you followed that but high school is is not meant they don't know what to do with those kinds of students i feel like yeah and i, I was i was definitely uh, ornery yeah yeah you got yeah. you got some some trouble you gave yeah, uh, here lip here. back yeah to the I, just, I just i wanted to i wanted to do what i wanted to do and you know it, wasn't really open to uh, a lot of uh, a lot of input from anyone. So then, where where were where were you getting the, uh, your education? If not in in formal school, it was maybe in the Saturday program. Yeah, so there were the Saturday programs, which were um, it was uh, very kind of like traditional in the way they approached education. It was a lot of. Um, uh, you know, uh, still life drawing, um, you know, working with charcoal, you know, working in, in, you know, very, very focused ways. So it was really like a big contrast to what was going on in my actual high school, because that was kind of like, it's an art class for anybody. The, the Saturday program, it was like, this is an art class for like people who want to do art. You know, so it's yeah. a different, yeah. different focus. Yeah. And that I absolutely loved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and you, you did that throughout your, your high school career. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's pretty yeah. powerful. And you're in Columbus, Ohio, which is a great city. Uh, well, it's because it, I, I love Midwest cities, uh-huh. you know. And I, I love—I mean, I was—I just got back from Pittsburgh. There's a lot of shared shit between Chicago and Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and I think Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And Columbus is a little different. But uh, what was—I mean, were were did you have friends there that were also artists coming up? Were, were you part of a larger artistic community or? No, not really. Um, I, uh, the more I, I would say, the my my school had a really excellent theater program um, and choir program, so it was more kind of people who were in those those areas. You know, um, uh, my uh, well. My husband, I met, I married a guy I met in high school. Um, we didn't date at the time, but, um, but you he met actually, him in high school. We met him in high school, wow. yeah. Um, but he actually started up like a, a poetry reading group that we would do outside of school. So, like, that was kind of more my group of peers was like, you know, poetry, theater kids, but there wasn't really anybody who was like seriously into visual art. Um, so that's interesting. You met your husband. Yeah. Now, you were a part of that poetry group that he started? Yes. So, y'all were cool. You oh, knew each other. No. Oh no! no. What, what yeah. happened? What, what, what do you we mean? Were, we were a bunch of dorks reading poetry, like getting together and like writing our poems. <laughs> and we used to 
Um, because we, you know, we, we were 16. We just discovered the beat. So, like, instead of clapping at the end of a poem, we would, like, snap. snap. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. No, of yeah. course. We were so pretentious. It was great. Um, so, but, but you have been friends since that time. Well, we weren't. We were, like, kind of friends, more acquaintances in high school. It was um, after graduation when we were both um, in college, um, like, ran into each other again. I was working at a coffee shop, and he was living in an apartment, like, a block away. And I'd give him free coffee. And, oh, that's uh, yeah. That was the trick. Okay. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, where Where did you go to college? Uh, I went to CCAD, the Columbus College of Art and Design, but only for a year. So. Okay. And then what happened? Um, well, it was just kind. Of, it was a financial thing that led to me dropping out, and then um, you know, just kind of screwed around for a while. Um, I left Columbus for a while and um, moved to Madison, Wisconsin, another awesome uh, Midwestern city. Yeah. Um, moved back to Columbus and then moved to New York and was there for a couple years um, and uh, was living in Greenpoint, which at that point was a mix of like hipsters and Polish people. And now it's just, you know, just like super condos um and uh the uh, the landlord basically told us that our rent was gonna go through the roof that they were selling the building and so we're like all right what's what's another city like what are what do we need and we're like well we need a city that like has a population of at least a million that's near a large body of water because really like having the, the ocean there and has like you know like a public transportation system because i don't drive um, and, uh, and like art, you know, like some kind of like art scene. And we're like, I think that's Chicago. I think like the one, the one city that like ticks off every one of those is Chicago. Nice. Uh, yeah. So yeah. we moved here and yeah. Just in what year? Love the city. Uh, 2008, 2009. Yeah. It's been, yeah is, it's been a while. Is It's been treating you well? Yeah. I love the city. Is it home now? Is this? Yeah. Part? Yeah. It's yeah. definitely home. Yeah. So at, at what point then in, in all this moving around or at, at what point in your life did you know you were going to follow the desire, passion to draw, to paint? When did you know that was going to be kind of your thing? Just always. Always. I, you know, um, I decided like, I don't know when I was in like kindergarten that, that I was going to be an artist. Um, and, uh, uh. I was obsessed with um, uh, this this book. Um, My name is Asher Lev. Yeah, a, a, a novel. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, about a little boy who wants to be an artist. And yeah. like all of the the struggles that he goes through with that. And I was I was like, yeah, that's that's the life I want. I want a life of like, you know, like struggling and, and fighting and poverty and right. and misery to make my art. And, that's yeah. the lie about all those great coming of age novels that uh-huh. I also kind of was kind of taken uh-huh. by as a kid. But they don't tell you like, oh, maybe you're gonna want to pay rent and shit like this. Yeah, yeah. You realize that later, you know that does that does become an issue at a certain point but yeah you know dreams of living in a garret you know like the... um i want i want to talk about your work uh before i do can you give out your socials so as we're talking maybe people also will have the visual components so yeah so uh um i'm, I'm mostly just on instagram uh so it's just my name just kirsten valentine one word all lowercase and then uh, my website is also kirsten valentine one word dot okay. com Thank you. So, yeah. So let's let's talk about your work. I mean, I'm really I'm I'm taken with it. Uh, how how what are the ways you you describe it? Um, I mean, I uh, it kind of the first thing I would say about my work is that, is that it's unfinished. Um, everything is kind of 
um, left in a in a, in a state of unfinishedness. So, like, I have you know very realistic components to it, and then parts that are just left completely blank, or parts that are kind of scribbled in, and it's it's finding a balance between those components. Yeah. So that is interesting because, um, in one sense, it is yeah very real, uh, almost like you know photographically real. Um, and then there's so much space in, mm-hmm. in, in the composition. Uh, it reminds me, and I don't know, this is, so this is my theory. Um, and you mentioned, and I'm curious who you've been influenced by. You mentioned Da Vinci. But it does remind me a little of some of Cezanne's portraits, uh, particularly oh. some that he left intentionally unfinished, like mm-hmm. the card player. You know, um, which is one of my favorite portraits, in part because of the beats and, and Ginsburg loves Cezanne and mm-hmm. uh, was, was taken with him and 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 that painting in particular. But uh, you you get a lot of these. The paintings are of people in uh, familial spaces, it seems, or mm-hmm. backyards, or you know, kind of solo sometimes too. Mm-hmm. But you know, but but they seem in, in f- familiar environments. Um, and so one, I guess I wonder, Cezanne, is that, is that, uh, I, I, I mean, I absolutely love Cezanne. I'm, I'm, I'm very flattered that you, you find any, any commonalities in my, in my work with his. I think he's extraordinary. You know, um, the card player. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. There's, so, yeah, there's about, something yeah. there between, you know, that, cause like that whole, uh, like right hand corner mm-hmm. is just white. Yeah, you know, I mean that's that was something that always fascinated me. Like like these unfinished paintings. Like um, you know, there's there's one. Oh, I'm forgetting what it's, but it's like an early American painting, and it's like the signing of the Treaty of something, and it's like Benjamin Franklin and a bunch of other guys all sitting around, and like it's like half finished. So like you have these like parts that are like perfectly done and then just yeah. like you know kind of just a, a loose mess and larry rivers really would do that too yeah i love yeah. larry rivers yeah. yeah he's great he is great yeah, he's yeah. fantastic yeah yeah larry rivers is i um my uncle was married to his daughter really yeah, wow uh, for a period of time and so my uh goddaughter is her daughter and um and i knew larry before he passed mm. uh and w- you know of course was out of his mind uh-huh. um but but had a similar thing at times where he would do hyper yeah. real yeah he he balanced it really really well and his his work is really expressive um and I, I like the way that he'll like he like use you know like repetition um in his images like um there's um uh the the series of portraits of uh, of uh um napoleon yeah where it's like there'll be like kind of like three iterations of like the same portrait of napoleon and it's just fantastic yeah yeah, yeah and he was great. playing with like color in really interesting ways and some of those did you ever get to see his studio i did yeah uh i got to see his studio at least his studio in the hamptons because um, i went up to a party that he was having this was a this was a great party uh i've met kurt vonnegut at this party wow um betty uh betty friedan was at this party wow. um who wrote the feminine mystique mm-hmm. and uh and everyone and, and larry you know larry also played jazz so he had like his jazz band there with him too That's and, amazing. um everyone was getting high and mm-hmm. yeah i was like you know i was like a young writer like super 
just yeah. I was like, fuck, this is incredible. Uh-huh. And like Kurt dream, Vonnegut, right? Kurt Vonnegut's like, yeah, give me some poems, and I gave him some poems. He's like, yeah, this is good. Wow, um, that's amazing. Yeah, that was it was kind of wild. That's uh, incredible. But um, who? So who are some of your other people? Um, so uh, definitely Francis Bacon. Yeah, um, that Jesus. same kind that of thing. Sense. That kind yes. of like, um, you know, that kind of deconstruct. I, I mean, obviously, my my work is nowhere near as like deconstructed and torn up as as um, his is, uh, um, but I think he's amazing. Um, uh, a lot of the the kind of um, the sort of pre impressionist painters like uh, Corot and Manet, um, just like the the quality of like their brushwork, I think, is just absolutely amazing there's um there's a painting um at the art institute by Manet that's um it's a, a huge painting and it's um like uh christ being bound before they put him up on the cross and like it's the background's completely black and there's these figures kind of around him and and everything about it seems staged like the way that it's lighted the way that they're dressed like everything about it feels like really really theatrical um and uh and and it's just like the the it's like he's not even trying to be like this is a religious painting it's just like no this is just a painting of like some you know some people in a space interacting um and the 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 brushwork the is is just perfection yeah i you know it's i i love francis bacon too and i i see i see some of that um there's a real darkness to to a lot of the work that i know of his mm-hmm. uh i wouldn't say your work is dark there's to me and and uh i i there's it because it's it, it's melancholic maybe mm-hmm. um i don't know if if there is a if you intend kind of an emotional tenor or if you if uh, how that enters uh in your process um that's it's not really something i worry about it's something that i like kind of like uh just let happen um i I'm really like kind of instinctive about the way i work like i don't do uh, i don't I rarely do any kind of preparatory sketches or anything. Most of the time, it's just like, all right, I'm going to do this and just kind of like, you know, throw it down. And uh, so it like the emotion that comes through is either, you know, like the expression of the figure or like, you know, kind of the, the mood I'm in when I'm when I'm working on it, you know, comes through. But I think, yeah, maybe melancholic, maybe a little like um, rather than like like kind of like dark like you know the kind of like serious darkness that that bacon has i think i I tend more to kind of like a like black comedy kind of thing yeah yeah like a little a little bit of silliness yeah well right because some of the positions some of the uh characters or the the figures i guess Mm -hmm. in your work find themselves in it's kind of unclear like yeah. what the his yeah happening. yeah, yeah it's, it's, sometimes it's it's a little it's a little vague exactly what's going on and sometimes people are caught in in awkward yes positions yeah yeah, yeah. now you said you don't you don't sketch too much no not not in in uh not like in preparation for for paintings i, I do with with large ones um that i'm going to be investing a lot of time in but a lot of the the smaller ones i do the smallest that i do are like six by six inches so they're really little um it's just kind of like you know just go out and see if it works um so then what are you working from you're working from memories or i i work from found photos okay. um so i had i um for 
I'm not someone who can just like imagine something in my head and like put it down. Like I need I need to have visual reference. Um, and uh, I for years tried to just work from like from live models from the figure. Um, I actually worked as a figure drawing model myself. Um, and uh, it's really hard to get people to like come and model for you. So, yeah. Um, and modeling is really hard, like holding a pose like any pose if you're holding it for 20 minutes it's going to be uncomfortable um and and so i started working from my own photographs but it's just really hard to like direct people and kind of get them to do the things you want to do like i was always very shy about it so it's just kind of like take a bunch of pictures and hope that something works um and uh i was in a uh like an antique store and i found these old yearbooks and um and it was really intriguing because for some reason they're from like the 40s and for some reason they decided to include a bunch of hazing pictures like these weird hazing rituals um like like there was one there's a bunch of guys like in in like you know like their underpants and naked other than that kind of filing past hunched over and like two guys standing up and whacking them with cricket bats and they put that in the yearbook like why why would you put that in the yearbook um and and like other bizarre things like that and so i started collecting those and i was like all right you like i think i think i need to use this for the the source for what i work for and um yeah, so, you know, started collecting yearbooks and, like, old photos and, and slides um, and then uh, discovered that I am not the only person who collects this stuff. There are a lot of amazing accounts on Instagram, on Tumblr, you know, people upload this shit and, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, there's something about, like, photographs before people were really, like, conscious of being photographed, you know? Like, people would take pictures of really weird stuff, and, like, now everything's digital, you can erase it if you don't like it, you know? Like, everybody's tagging everybody, it's just, like, a very different thing, and people are really conscious of having a camera around them. But in, you know, in the 40s and 50s, like, people took pictures of really weird stuff. So that continues to be a a basis for your inspiration yeah, yeah yeah and so you're you're essentially kind of digging like you're you're, you're yeah. still going out where do you where do you go um not to give your sources away, but uh there there are a couple of really good um antique stores in um in chicago there's one on um broadway i'm forgetting what the cross street is but like way up north on broadway um in edgewater um that's just generally like a, a great antique store but it has a really good selection of just like you know just like plastic bins full of random photos um and like ebay people will just put up and will be like you know like a lot of you know 500 35 millimeter slides from the 1960s and like they don't even know what's on there and you're like all right so and you just yeah you just, yeah you dig through a lot of really boring stuff yeah. there's a lot of you know landscapes and you know, pictures of new cars and, but what are you looking for when you're looking um I mean, I'm looking for um, I'm I'm looking for kind of two things. I'm looking for stuff that's like um, unusual um, and kind of like visually arresting, um, and uh, um, I look for stuff that kind of feels like kind of personally autobiographical. You know, like I don't really paint people that I know anymore, but there'll be times when like I'm doing a painting and it's like, oh well, you know, like this is so and so, this is this person. Like it's just kind of like how I I feel about that image that like I it, it is it is someone that I that I actually know. Yeah, and so I know you have the the gig as a salmonier, mm-hmm. but what is your 
process practice like? Are you in a studio? Do you come to it daily? How are you making? Yeah, so I just I just have my studio is just in my apartment, um, and um, I try to work every day. Um, so um, my job, um, uh, part of what's great about it is that it's just four days a week, um, and it's daytime. So you know, like I get out of work, I go home, and like I have time to to work, and then I have three solid days off um, that I can just dedicate to painting. So it's a, it's a really nice balance. That's great. Yeah. And and what are the things that you're working on now? Um, right now, um, was kind of weird because I, I have a solo show at, um, Illinois Wesleyan, um, which is, uh, my, my first solo show. So, wow. Yeah. So it's kind of, when? Pretty, it's, 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 it's up right now. It's up right now. Um, yeah. Through, I think March 4th. Oh, great. Yeah. Good. Um, so and what, what is the title? Um, uh, Ranch Style House. Okay. Yeah. No, Great. Kind of well, congratulations. I, kind of house I grew up in. Yeah, that's not that far. Um, no, no. Yeah, it's, it's Bloomington is, Normal. Yeah, yeah so. hour and a half? Uh, yeah, like hour and a half, two hours. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, so it's like, like, you know, I had like all of this, all of these paintings in my studio and like now they're all gone. It feels so empty. Um, so just kind of, you know, working and stuff. Um, uh, hoping this year to uh, to have uh, my first solo show with my regular gallery, which is a ZG um, in uh, River North, which yeah. is a really really great gallery. And how long have you been working with them? Um, about a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So been in a couple uh, group shows with them. I might. I think I still have work up in a group show. I think that's still up. It's called Four Women. They have up currently. Okay, and then maybe there'll be a solo show there for you this year in 20 or possibly this possibly year. okay yeah great yeah okay haven't nailed it down but okay yeah. good and and so now that you have this big body of work that's outside of your house in the world mm-hmm. do you what do you work in a different mood on a different body of work what like where are you at now with all of the stuff that is outside well i'm i'm really bad about having like a, a, a planned out body of work um i tend to just kind of work on one piece of the next or have a couple things going that i'm kind of like bouncing back and forth between but part of like not really making preparatory sketches like i don't really have like okay this is my plan for a show this is what i'm going to do like some artists are really really organized about it um and i'm just completely haphazard so it's like oh i'm going to do this i'm going to do this i don't like this i don't like this but um i have done a lot of um a lot of smaller work um partially because it can do it quickly and just kind of get the ideas out there um and partially because i found that you know the small stuff sells yeah the 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 big paintings it's you know it's it's harder to move stuff when you once you're you know charging charging you know more and more and more for it if you keep it in you know a couple hundred dollars then it's a more affordable range. Do you yeah. like working larger scale, though? I do. I like working either really small. So, like, the biggest of the small ones I do are, like, you know, like 12 by 12 or, like, you know, like 9 by 12. Um, and and then I'll do, like, you know, like a 3 foot by 4 foot canvas. So that's, so that's kind of that's kind of what I have going on right now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. Um, well, again, one more time, uh, if you can give out your, your socials so people could – not only see what you're working on, but also stay in tune with shows and shows you have coming yeah. up. Um, so Instagram, it's uh, Kirsten Valentine, just just one word. And uh, then my website is www.kirstenvalentine.com. Yeah, Kirsten, this has uh, been a really lovely conversation for me. I, lo- I-, I love 
art and i don't you know i don't get a, a to talk about francis bacon and Cezanne on the daily so so thank you so much and again we're big fans of yours in the corner store and so when you do have uh, that solo show in chicago please come back so we can let folks know all right thank about you so much it. for having me thanks for being here Shout out our super producer, DJ Cashera. Big up boss man, Todd Manley. Thank you to our official corner store photog, Mercedes Zapata. Salutes to the snack door, Max. Also, please, y'all, follow our Instagram. It's corner underscore pod on IG, on Twitter. Tell us who you want to see in the corner store. And also, please consider dropping a couple of dollars into our Patreon account. It's patreon.com corner store underscore pod. The corner store is brought to you by Stolen Spirits.